Lekutah Sicha is Chelek Tezayin, Parsha B'Shalach, Sicha Gimel, a summary of the Sicha. The very first time that we meet up with the laws of Shabbos in the Torah is in regards to the mitzvah of man, uh, sorry, the giving of the man, that Hashem said that on, on Shabbos they will not collect the man and they, and they gave us the laws of Shabbos as they regard man. Which leads us to the conclusion that there is some sort of a relationship between Shabbos and man and therefore that's the mitzvah, through, that's the uh, occurrence through which Shabbos came about to us. So we have to understand what that connection is, especially that they seem to be very different from each other. Shabbos is something that applies to all times and all, and all places, whereas the man was very limited to a 40-year period, and only in a very small area in the world, the place where the Yidin were in the desert. So what's the connection between the two? One might want to say that they shared the idea that they both of them are completely removed from any effort on the per- part of the person. On Shabbos, a person has to be completely removed from any malacha, and not only that, but you're not allowed to even think about doing malacha or what has to be done and so on. As, as to, to have Einik Shabbos, you have to completely remove it from your mind. Everything is done. And so also man was also that way. It just fell from heaven and everybody got it and that was it. There was no tircha, there was no effort. But on the other hand, we find that by the man there was certain types of effort as the Gemara says that there was a difference between the tzaddikim that the tzaddikim it fell right at their doorstep the regular people had to spread out a little bit in order to collect it and the Rishoyim had to go far to collect it as the Pasuk says different methods of collecting it and the Gemara explains that it's talking about different people and so also in different ways of uh, receiving it the tzaddikim received it as complete bread, lo- baked loaves of bread. Um, the bainanim received it as cakes which need to, needed to be baked. And the rishoyim had to grind it and, uh, and mix it and do everything in order to make it into bread. On the other hand, since we see that the, um, what they share, what Shabbos and Man share, seems to be a revolve around food specifically, so it would seem that the relationship between Shabbos and Man is in the area of food, of Parnosa and so on. So what's the connection? We find by the Man that Hashem says, I will bring forth bread from heaven. And the reason that He says is, the people will go gather it, in order that I will test them whether they will go, they will follow my, uh, my instructions about the Man or not. In other words, that Hashem gave man in order to bring out whatever it is that the mitzvahs that he gave in regards to man. What were the mitzvahs of man? There were two things. One is that you're not allowed to leave over till the morning. The other one is that you're not allowed to collect it on Shabbos. Those are the two things. And Hashem said, I want to see if they're going to do those two things. So it seems that these two things somehow express what the whole idea of man is. That needs to be understood too. So to understand that, we need to understand what exactly is man. What was so unique and special about man? Man is called bread from heaven. How is the bread from heaven different than the bread from earth? Simply put, bread from earth takes a lot of effort on the part of the person. You have to plow and plant and so on until you get your bread. And by the way, we're not talking only about bread. This is true of all blessing, everything that Hashem gives a person. Most of it needs to come through the effort that the person puts in. Whereas Lechem and Hashemayim means it doesn't, it doesn't take your effort at all. It's something which just fell from heaven. 
and the reaction that a person has to these two types of receiving the blessing that they receive would be similar to that in response to the way that the blessing came to them when a person receives bread from the earth meaning to say he had to put in all kinds of efforts even though he is a believing Jew so he knows that everything comes from Hashem and that it's not really dependent on his effort and it's really that Hashem put a blessing into the work that he did and that really there isn't a need for Hashem to have you do a natural thing but he commanded us to do a natural thing Hashem will bless everything that you do from this we learn that you have to do and you can't just sit back and wait for Hashem to give his blessing so we know, we know all that but since in the end where does your parnasa come from it comes from the effort that you put in so therefore we, be, we put somewhat of an importance on the job that we have, on the time that we have to put into the job, because in the end Hashem said that this is the way He wants the blessing to come to us. So we begin to attach certain importance to the method by which we get our blessing. I mean the natural method by which we get our blessing. On the other hand, when you get Lechem and Hashemayim, where it's clear that it came straight from heaven without any input on our part, so therefore we understand that it's coming straight from Hashem. We know that we're completely dependent on Hashem and that anything that we do has nothing to do with what we will receive as a blessing. Which explains why one of the mitzvahs in regards to the man was that you're not allowed to leave over for the next day. What's the point of leaving over for the next day? what's going to happen tomorrow where's my bread going to come from tomorrow I need to do something to ensure that I'll have bread tomorrow when it, by the man Hashem said no there is no need to think about what you, or to do anything in order to receive your blessing do not leave over for the next day tomorrow you'll be dependent on me and I will send my blessing tomorrow however the truth is that even the Lechem and Hashemayim even though in a general way it just fell from heaven but there was a little bit of an effort that was needed on the part of the person and not only the Rishoyim and the Beninim that had to do a little more work but even the Tzadikim even if it fell at the, foot, at the door of their house but they had to bend down to pick it up to collect it so there is somewhat of an effort on the part of the person in fact, the very fact that there is a difference between a tzaddik and a rasha and a benini in regards to how they receive their man means that it is dependent somewhat on the effort of the person. Perhaps the effort from yesterday, but still the effort of the person. So we see that even man has to do lechem and shemayim, the heavenly bread is also somewhat dependent on the person. And that's why the Torah calls it hinini mamtir, I will make it rain uh, bread from heaven rain is something usually associated with something coming from below the Torah says that how is rain created when vapor rises up from the earth that's what creates rain so that in other words depends on the Avedis HaMakabal on the person receiving the rain he is the one that has to initiate the response of rain and therefore in regards to man it also says rain for this reason because even though in a general sense it comes from above but still there needs to be a little bit of an effort on the part of the receiver as well and the reason that Hashem designed it in such a way that even man which comes from heaven should be dependent on the person's work is because the purpose of the man was to prepare the Yidin because soon they're going to go into Yisrael and they're going to become busy and be involved in planting and plowing and all the work that it takes to bring forth bread from earth 
So Hashem showed him for 40 years that I can give you bread from heaven and it doesn't need effort on my part. And even when you go to do work on your field, you should know that it's only, that it's all coming from me. It really, it's not that your efforts are producing the bread, it's really lechem and shamayim. And for a yid, even even when you have to work for it, even when you have to plant and plow, when you have to create a levush, a natural uh, keli for the blessing to come, you should know that it's in essence, it's bread from heaven. And so the Yidden knew about what happened for 40 years, so they were able to understand that this is the truth for even when they plant and plow. But if at the time when they were receiving bread from heaven, it would be completely effortless, it would have no effort on their part, then they wouldn't have been able to relate the bread that fell from heaven with the bread that comes from earth. Because that was a time when it was completely dependent on Hashem. It took nothing on our part. So how does that say anything? How does that speak to the situation that we're in now, where we have to put in effort? Therefore Hashem designed it in such a way that even that, the bread from heaven, was also somewhat of an effort on their part. And, the, and just as they knew that their efforts by the Lechem and Hashemayim were really meaningless and didn't speak to how much bread they would get, so also the effort that they're putting in now is really only a way in which Hashem wants to send it to them, but it's really coming from beyond. It's really a miraculous uh, flow and it doesn't have anything to do with the effort that they're putting in. And we have to understand that even though Hashem says that Hashem will bless you in everything that you do, we shouldn't think that the blessing is in accordance with what we do. We have to know that the blessing is way beyond anything that we do. Because for a Yid, Parnasa comes from heaven. It's not through the efforts that you put in. Hashem said to do it, but it's not in accordance with what you did. It is completely beyond for what you expected. It'll, it comes in beyond your wildest imagination of what your effort could have accomplished for Parnasa. Which explains something interesting about the benching. We know that the first bracha of benching was, was written by Moshe Rabbeinu, established by Moshe Rabbeinu, in response to the man. The second blessing it was established by Yeshua when they went into Yisrael. So the question is, the, the first bracha is thanking Hashem for the bread that He gives us for the vachalta, the zavaita, for the fact that we can eat and be satisfied. The second blessing is to thank for Hashem for Eretz Yisrael. And the third blessing is to thank Hashem for Yerushalayim. So when we thank Hashem today for the food that we ate today, we're using a blessing that talks about the man. What's the, how is that connected to the food that we're eating today? We're not eating man, we're eating food from the earth. So why is it that the first blessing is what thanks Hashem for the food that we're eating? Based on what you just explained, that even when a Yid eats today bread from the earth, we have to understand that we are really eating bread from heaven. The fact that it comes through the earth is just a method by which Hashem sends it to us. But for a Yid, it's always bread from heaven, and therefore it's very fitting that we're making, thanking Hashem for the food that we eat through the bracha that was established in response to the man. So now we can understand the connection to Shabbos. These three points that we said about the man, which is that it comes purely from heaven in an open way. The second point is that it still needs a little bit of effort on the part of the person as well. And the third point, that this is what allows us and, uh, and gives us the ability 
to be able to when we are doing work to be able to relate to the fact that it's really coming from heaven we find the same three things in Shabbos when we talk about the needs, the meal that a person has to have for Shabbos it says in the Gemara, our sages tell us speaking as if Hashem was speaking borrow on my account and trust in me and I will pay it on your behalf in other words, that it's coming completely from Hashem the food for Shabbos comes from Hashem. Borrow, I will pay it back. On the other hand, there is a halacha that says that when can you say, borrow, and I will pay it back? Only if you have something in your house that you can give us collateral. Then you can say, borrow, and I'll pay it back. Not to say that you'll use the collateral to pay. Hashem will pay it back. But you need to have a keli, a levushan teva, there has to be something that you should be able to pay back that loan on your own. Otherwise, you're not allowed to do that. So in other words, there has to be a little bit of an effort, a little bit of a keli on the part of the person himself, even for the food of Shabbos. And when a person has that kind of uh, faith in Hashem in regards to Shabbos, then when you're working hard all week, and you have to produce parnasa all week, then you know that it's coming from Hashem, and that you're doing it on Hashem's cheshven, and that He's taking care of it for you. Which explains something that the Zayar says. The Zayar says, the pos- in quoting the Pasuk from the Torah, you shouldn't leave over anything from the man till the morning. The Zayar says that the blessing from man comes on Shabbos. It doesn't come down to earth on Shabbos, but the blessing is generated on Shabbos. And then it continues and he says, just like one day doesn't give the blessing for the next day, so also one day should, you shouldn't leave it from one day to the other. So the question is, what's the connection between these two things, that the Shabbat, the man comes from Shabbos, and therefore you shouldn't leave over from one day to the next? What's the connection between the two? But according to this that we explained, that since the man is similar to Shabbos, it has, it's something completely dependent on Hashem, and therefore that's when the man is generated in the heavens above, although it comes down only during the six days of the week. So also, based on this, even when the man comes down into the world, even then you have to be trust. You have to trust that it all comes from Hashem, and that there is no reason to leave over from one day to the next, because leaving to the next day would mean that you don't have a full trust in Hashem that will provide you for the next day. That's the connection between Shabbos and the man. They both speak to the same idea. And we have to also understand that this, that the man needs a little bit of effort on the part of the person. That is only as the man comes down into our reality. But in its original state, the way it is on Shabbos when it was generated in the heavens above, over there, there is no effort at all needed. When it comes down, it gets lowered, and therefore there is already a need for a levush, somewhat of a levush and teva. And the same is true for Shabbos also. The fact that you need a mashkin, you have to have some sort of a levush, in order to provide the needs for Shabbos, that's only because you're preparing before Shabbos. But on Shabbos you have to live as if nothing exists, there's no need to worry about anything. You shouldn't think about anything at all because now you're in Shabbos, now manas in its purest state, it doesn't need any effort on the person's part at all. Which is the meaning of the second part of the second mitzvah of man, which is not to collect it on Shabbos, meaning even that little bit, tiny bit of effort to bend down and pick it up was also out of the question of Shabbos. 
On Shabbos, there is n- absolutely no need for a Levush and Teva at all, and therefore on Shabbos, you don't collect man at all. That's the second point. 